Welcome to yet another episode of Today's Lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sean. And today we're talking about yet another track from The Firstborn is Dead, Black Crow King. Sean, how you doing? You know, I'm actually doing okay. I, uh, yeah, I swore, I swore I wouldn't mention the weather and I'm not going to. I'll I'll leave that to you because I know that you love doing that. But all all of your things considered, you know, it's a beautiful day. The sun. Fuck. No, I'm. That's doing right. Well. It's snowing. Uh, <laughs> real cold here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's freezing, freezing. Freezing my unmentionables off. Um, no, it's super hot. We're uh, we're we're uh, we're gonna be. Uh, burning alive the next couple weeks. So, uh, you know, our dogged determination and lots of water and beer is going to get us through. Yeah. And if, you know, an episode just doesn't go up one week before the album's over, um, we have melted. I have actually melted into a puddle of, of something. And I have melted. (laughs) I have. Melted into a puddle of wax, burnt down to the bone. Weird. Hey, weird candles. Weird. Nonetheless, this is perfect weather to talk about this album. Um, Steeped in, steeped in the Southern Gothic tradition, steeped in, in the desert heat. Today, we're talking about Black Crow King, a song that, I think really embodies the album as a whole. I would have to agree with you there. It's uh, perhaps the meatiest song on the album, and it's it's an interesting turning point too for me because um, I think it bridges it nicely. The second half of this album is very distinct from the first, and this is this is kind of a segue um, musically, and I feel lyrically as well. Uh, between the two and i think we're going to see that in the next next three episodes as we move towards the album's end but you still very much get the vibes of the first three tracks here um and a lot of the a lot of lyrically uh a lot of similarities there absolutely yeah i actually that um i was going to address that I, I i do feel like this is sort of that dividing line um yeah and, and we're moving into more i would say moody territory uh, as opposed to the the you know, this album kind of arrives with yeah. a bang. Um, but no, yeah, we are moving into that. Um, the ambient half of this album, if you will. Uh, a yes. lot more playing with space. Um, you know, definitely these last several songs, even though we've had some blues influence, these are the ones that really 
sort of adapt uh, traditional music, traditional ideas, and uh, and yeah, uh, I'm 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 just gonna say right off the bat, I'm I'm pretty into this song, and and I wasn't always, but there there's a lot here, even if it doesn't have the weight of uh, some other songs that he's done lyrically. Yeah, what uh, what made you come around to it? I think I just, and we'll get to this with the album summary, but I think this album as a whole was a grower for me, for sure. Um, there's just so much here. It, it, the vocal performance is incredible. I think that, for me, is what stands out with this album as a whole. And again, this song really exemplifies that. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with that um he goes through kind of all the the cavisms we'll see later the growling the screeching the um <laughs> the kind of uh disinterest i i don't know almost mocking tone at the start of this song especially it's not so much mocking as it is like ah. no it, it goes through everything and then as you said you know the the second half of the album we get into that much more moody um almost rumbly uh warbly in places um crooning we're gonna see a lot of that and so i think this runs the gamut and like you like you said when i first listened to this album i don't know not a whole lot stuck out to me um but it has grown and this track and the reason i asked you why you know this track was a grower as well this track actually was one of the ones that stood out to me um musically there's just there's a lot going on here and maybe i'm just a sucker for music that sounds like other things um but the, the hammering and the um you know his soaring vocals over all of that it just feels like there's, there's so much ambience there's so much um environment and and place being set up with the music that uh, this one's always kind of stuck out as a bright spot in an album that i discounted for a long time yeah no well put i i uh this song is kind of the meaty thorax of the album uh <laughs> the rich creamy thighs of this oh, disc they're um, juicy they're pumping they're they're just they are they're thick thighs spent um, some time on the peloton <laughs> that's right are we working our way up or down the body of this album uh well we're at the midpoint so i think we can wait till next episode to decide that okay fully. that makes sense Let's 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 switch it up a little bit. I want to talk about the music really quick before we get into the lyrics because I feel like as we go we're probably going to be addressing you know these little you know vocal turns and and interesting quirks of the song. Yeah. Music kind of just starts with this quiet but raw uh guitar and Nick's voice and it slowly builds kind of like some of the other songs we've had on this album. Uh, stomps and claps are sort of the main percussion there's this weird bass tone it's not it it, almost positive it can't be bass it's like a low organ or a synth that that buzzing i'm not sure exactly what that is but and then you've got the that sort of high organ yeah uh, towards the end that floats in and fills space while mostly holding a single note yeah any anything you want to add on that well i mean there's the guitar part is always stuck with me it's it's twangy it's 
it is that southern gothic to a t and it, it feels like i don't know it feels like they're putting it on for this song almost totally totally it's like say goodbye to the little girl tree where it's just yep. like this is this is a guitar tone you've heard and we're gonna you know this is the mask we're sort of putting on for this yep. album but we're gonna fuck with it a little bit exactly and that's that's why i think this song as a representation of this album is is pretty perfect um because yeah. of the music behind it um I mean, the other thing, just the slapping throughout when the hammers start a talking, um, mm-hmm. I, I love that effect. And I think out of all the times we've seen it so far, well of misery, uh, train long suffering, it's just, it's, it's so deep. It's so rich here and it's supposed to emulate hammers. Um, and then that coupled with the backing vocals again, keep going back to well of misery. Um, it just feels like it's, it's developed into something more than it was. It feels like perhaps the other songs were kind of practice and now we've we've arrived at what we've um, been working towards and so it feels very full here feels very rich and i love that about the music on this track yeah it's rich but there is space and part of that may be because this song was written lyrically by nick cave but musically by nick cave and blixa bargeld um, there you go who loves to you know use sound and unorthodox sort of techniques to to fill out music and I, I really appreciate what he's doing here and imagining him having anything to do with american blues is just the funniest thing in the whole world <laughs> i love that uh, yeah that he put his stamp on it with this is pretty phenomenal um and i, I think the other thing i like about this um when it comes to that to that stamp is the give and take the attack and and retreat of the music constantly throughout this piece um i think we see that in other places where it kind of builds and swells but then you back off and you do have a ton of that space um you have a ton of space lyrically things get very quiet nick gets very quiet music gets very quiet it goes back down to that bare guitar um so many times and then it almost feels like confidence is building and we'll talk about that the lyrics or you know something is building up and then it just kind of swells and then dissipates again um and that happens multiple times throughout the song until it finally you know dissipates and we we end but that has also always stuck with me it just makes for a very interesting piece yeah yeah very very dynamic yeah um yeah let's get into the lyrics let us Um, so we start off with the speaker announcing that he is in fact the Black Crow King. There's a, there's a sort of uh, low humming that Nick does sort of emulating maybe someone just kind of out in the, in the world, sort of just humming to themselves, singing a song. Uh, I'm the Black Crow King, the keeper of the nodding corn, a bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. Is uh, is perhaps that a Flintstones reference? It is a Flintstones reference. I went to uh, Genius.com and there were 59 notes um, <laughs> all about Flintstones lore. Uh, Viva Rock Vegas uh, came up several times. I think this was on the OST for that. <laughs> it's a weird fit. Um, but it is him announcing himself he's he's on the scene his voice is kind of warbling it's not all that powerful until the bam 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 hits then you have those 
fucking great backing vocals. Um, all the hammers are a talking, all the nails are a singing. So sweet and low, um, alternatively so deep and low. Yep. And this, this to me makes it pretty clear right off the bat that with the synthesis of the music and lyrics, Nick is sort of emulating literally with hammers and nails being adding their vocals. This is literally a work song, like writ very large. Um, it's rhythmic. There's not a lot of real instruments. It's mostly carried by the vocals, uh, sort of like an African-American spiritual, you know, the influence of the blues and of these, you know, mostly oral song traditions is probably at its peak here for his entire career, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It never really comes back to it this hard and this no. prolonged. This is, this is the album for it. So yes, moving on. You can hear it in the valley where I live the lame and the blind. They climb my hill out of its belly, leave with mean black boots shine. Um, this we we are introduced to a host of other characters uh the lame and the blind and so this is as we've seen in many of the other songs going right back to the biblical imagery um the lame and the blind when i think of that in the bible immediately think of jesus um and they're climbing out of a hill out of its belly so it it feels like they're miners it feels like they have either been you know sequestered somewhere else shunned and, and put away from society made mean um but the mean black boot shine kind of strikes me as you know they're they're workers as well and we're in a work song right now and so it feels like they're coming out of the hill which also you know harkens back to avalanche it harkens back to perhaps you know they're lame and blind for for reasons of actually going into the hill and coming out and it, there's a lot going on here um Andrew, do you have anything else there? Because I'm I'm kind of muddled when it comes to this passage. Yeah, no, I I totally got this. Uh, avalanche immediately uh, came to mind. It it is pretty muddled, but I think you know most of what this song is is sort of a pastiche of you know these different images. There's tons of religious imagery um, going back to to the work song idea. I think that's kind of you know what the black boot shine is. Um, you know, they go down into the hill looking for their goal or their gold uh, to bring it, bring it back to Avalanche. But I think it's just meant to evoke sort of this general, you know, spiritual, biblical kind of reference. Additionally, Valley, you know, it kind of has a, a fertility connotation. Um, yeah. And then obviously, you know, climb my hill out of its belly. It's it's sort of a giving, giving birth, pregnancy kind of thing. So... Yeah, it it, yeah. it strikes me as something where the speaker, you know, they climb my hill out of its belly. The speaker is taking on some sort of uh, spiritual agency. Yeah, no, very much. And I do apologize. I think I said something different, but my hill out of its belly. They're climbing up the hill um, from out of the hill to meet the Black Crow King, who apparently lives on top of this hill. Uh, but yes, I just made a simple gesture. They jumped up and nailed it to my shadow, spread eagled like a hooker. You know, my shadow's made of timber. And so this line gives it away to me right away. Mm -hmm. We're looking at a scarecrow. And, uh, you know, the whole clever thing comes comes together all of a sudden. I, I believe this line shows us that the Black Crow King, 
um, is is a simple scarecrow sitting on top of this hill. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think there's there's a couple things here. There's there's a scarecrow angle. There's also the crucifixion sort of angle. You know, my shadow's made of timber. You know, there's sort of something behind him. You know, nailing it to a shadow. It's you know, sort of yeah, a crucifixion imagery. Obviously, yeah. you're not spready gold on a crucifix usually. <laughs> To my knowledge, I haven't been crucified in a Depen- long time, but depends on the crucifix. Yeah, it's, there's some wacky ones out there, um, but no, I think it is meant to evoke, you know, this this rural scarecrow imagery mixed with, you know, we've had this spiritual imagery from the viewpoint of the speaker. I think uh, it's Jesus, Jesus and scarecrow kind of imagery, again creating sort of this pastiche. Yes, yeah, absolutely. All these ideas into one. Well, in the the simple gesture, I don't know if a gesture gets more simple than just holding your arms out um, in a cruciform type way. And uh, this is actually this gesture. It will haunt me. We'll we'll see that later. But uh, it's not the last time in this period that Nick is going to use um, gesture in a somewhat religious or at least pseudo religious way um, to indicate you know some sort of christ-like pose so that, yeah you have it that, in in uh sorrow's child you have it in uh like you said the witness song it's it's a religious uh sort of rite or performance i think um specifically uh in, yep. in his his use of it for sure yep and in the eyes of the speaker um i think yeah. that that's one of the clever things throughout the song is that the speaker is uh not necessarily on the same page as everyone else and the storm is a rolling, and the storm, it's a rolling all down on me. Nothing too deep here. Uh, recalls Tupelo, obviously. Um, you know, we'll kind of get more of this as we as we go. And I'm still here rolling after everybody's gone. Yeah, I'm still here rolling, and I'm left on my own. The blackbirds have all gone. Every, everyone's rolled on. Again, just a combination of scarecrow and, and Jesus imagery. You know, everybody's left the speaker for dead. Yeah, that's that's basically it, as far as I I can tell. Yeah, no, and that's you know the storm. I think has driven everyone away. Um, just to go back to the music for a second, I, I love the the call and response here because it feels like it, it evokes images of me of sheets of rain. It, it gets very full, and this is kind of that swell I was talking about. Um, it usually swells when the storm is coming in, and so what this what this feels like start to finish is, you know, this scarecrow getting put up. He's, you know, thinking somewhat highly of himself, I guess. Um, storm comes and everyone runs and he's, he's just left there getting beaten by it. Um, and, you know, what is his purpose now? He's still, he's still the black crow king, but the corn has been laid low, um, both probably by the boots of the people who put him up and uh, the storm itself. And so, um, yeah, as, as, much uh, sympathies I can feel for a scarecrow who seems fairly unaware of his station. Uh, I'm feeling it right now. It's a little bit sad. <laughs> I, you know, you can't see right now, but I'm in full, I'm weeping. <laughs> it's, it's not, I, I just hate to see him like this. He is a king in my eyes. I am the black crow king, keeper of the trodden corn, as you said, you know, probably the boots or, or, you know, the storm, Maybe those things are related. 
beautiful ambiguity there. I am the king, won't say it again. Spoilers, you will, many times, <laughs> which I love. Um, and the rain, it raineth daily, Lord, and wash away my clothes. I surrender up my arms to a company of crows. I'm the black crow king, and I won't <laughs> say it again, which is just, how do you not just fucking lose it while recording? I would just be laughing so hard. That's so good. It is. It is. And it, it just reminds me of the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. It's like this dude, I don't know, just doesn't have a brain. He's just <laughs> he's just trying to be this badass. And um, he's just, oh, he's going around in circles. It's amazing. But uh, more biblical imagery here. Rain, it raineth daily. You know, the flood. Uh, yes. Big imagery of constant rain. And um, I love the wash away my clothes. It's, it's very reminiscent of wash away my sins. But uh, being that he is just uh, in effigy, there's nothing more to wash away than whatever they've dressed him in. Um, and so, you know, there's not a whole lot here beyond the surface, and that's what's getting beaten away by this rain. Um, yeah. Favorite line in the whole song, though, is I surrender my arm to a company of crows. Because uh, <laughs> the first few times I listened to this song, I had no idea what it was about, and I just, that just... That's a pretty sick image of of Nick just like putting his arms up and crows going everywhere. Um, well, it's just funny to like imagine the scarecrow if that's what you know if that's one interpretation we want to really ride with. Just <laughs> all right, all right, crows, you can come hang out. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I'm not doing a great job, but you know. But hey, come um, on. But also, you know, just the, the the you know if you want to bring it to like a to the jesus kind of thing it's kind of like just the the people that have something to gain maybe from the crucifixion from from you know taking his agency taking his power you could see it as as kind of that kind of surrender i don't you know i don't know enough really in terms of religious symbolism to to ride and die with that um but there there's probably something there I think so, and um, hear me out here, because I'm just gonna I'm going going off the cuff. I'm gonna okay. just start spitballing here. Okay. Um, scarecrows they're meant to scare away crows, right? And so mm. Jesus mm-hmm. on the cross is meant to wash away our sins and, and and scare people away, in a way, from the unrighteous path. You know, Jesus on the cross could potentially be used to put down you know his believers to put down these notions of of you know basically what he was what he was fighting for um if you wanted to to go that far oh no 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 the opposite sorry well i I know you were going to say the opposite but but no i do yeah i kind of (laughs) like like that but i don't know enough about you know that shit so I mean, he's used that image is used now that way for sure. Yeah. Yep. No, and it's it's supposed to be right. That's yeah. It is. It's supposed to be. That was the whole point of the crucifixion. It's the whole point of crucifying people on a hill. Um, is to terrify the people that believed in whatever those people believed, or you know, did whatever those people did—thieves, murderers, in this case, you know, blasphemers. Um, it's to frighten them away from that path, and so the Romans would hang jesus there and say hey um you know fuck off get away from the corn whatever was you know whatever we're putting him up there to protect get you it. from get away from my corn 
No, but and, and then now that symbol has been sort of, you know, in the, in this story and in iconography now that it has the opposite uh, effect of that, where it is, you know, trying to draw people in. Well, it's it's martyrdom. It's a symbol of bravery. It's it's the fucking bread and butter of religion. If only the Romans had known that. Um, and so Jesus on the cross, of course, if we're if we're taking the crows to be you know, just the common man um, are going to come and, and roost on him. And he's, he's surrendering up his arms as a way for them to, you know, have a place to land. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's a solid read. Yeah. And, and the, the religious aspect of it is, is, you know, very much supported in these next lines and all the thorns are a crowning King Ruby on each spine and all the spears are assailing. Oh my, oh my. Yeah, no, the, the thorns are certainly a reference to the classic depiction of Jesus with blood on the end of the thorns um, on the crown. But the the spears I, I see as the spear of destiny. Um, you know, this isn't also the last time that he'll reference that. Uh, oh, my Lord, many albums from now um, references spear of destiny where Nick is kind of playing a somewhat Christ-like figure in the, in the song. But um, it's the spear that Pontius Pilate used to stab Jesus' side. And so... That's what I see is, you know, it's not just the spear, it's, it's spears in this case, but um, very much on point imagery, I think. Yeah, on taking topic. straight from uh, Evangelion, uh, the spear <laughs> that uh, they throw at the moon, I think. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave that one to you, but I trust you. I think that that is also spot on. That was coming out around this time, right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh my, oh my. Uh, the storm comes back. The storm is a rolling. The storm is a rolling. Uh, rolling all down on me. And so we get, you know, the repetition for the storm, another another swell when the spears are sailing, another retraction here, another, um, you know, retreat when um, the storm rolls and it comes down on him. It, it feels like he's becoming more timid, um, gets quieter, the music allows more space um there's more emptiness but he's still rolling after everybody's gone he's still rolling after everybody's gone the blackbird's flown and everybody's gone and he's on his own i am the black crow king keeper of the forgotten corn andrew what does the corn represent (laughs) well (laughs) there's a lot to unpack here um no the you know you have the there's so much going on and it's such a let me say pastiche for about the 50th time this episode but i think it really isn't necessarily one thing there's just so much imagery iconography going on here but if 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 we're looking at it in the scarecrow angle obviously if he were doing a good job the corn would be you know forgotten but the song is so melancholy so you know, if you want to take it from another angle, if you want to take it from the religious angle, you know, maybe it's, you know, his teachings or I don't know. It's just it's really it's so ambiguous that it's hard, hard for me to come to any conclusion other than it's just this imagery meant to let you know that he is forgotten and alone along with his surroundings. Well, I, I love that that idea that, you know, if a scarecrow's job is done, then the corn would be forgotten, and that's the ideal. Um, it it feels 
almost like a selfish Jesus who doesn't really know why he's up on the cross. <laughs> and he just knows that he was lording over all this shit. And there's like crows hanging out with him. There's people that were around him. And now everybody's gone. And uh, it does sound pretty melancholy that the cord's been forgotten. That, you know, there's nothing going on. There's no crows around him. Um, he he's sounds... the king of nothing at all. He's the king of nothing at all. It's very sad. And, uh, you know playing off of the the christ-like figure it, it is like as though the scarecrow from wizard of oz died for our sins and had no brain um well i mean it's it's it really kind of evokes this idea of like what when your mission is done when your when your destiny is done and you're still there like what do you do like are you yeah what's you know? the point yeah. what's going on yeah um the hammers are talking once again the nails are singing once again spears are sailing the thorns are crowning crows are mocking the oh. corn is nodding the oh, storm is rolling <laughs> corn's back <laughs> corn's. jonathan davis is back uh backwards are in tow he's ready to play the bagpipes um he's danced onto the scene in his kilt putting on quite the live show <laughs> this is just uh yeah it's it's the song is ending it's it's really leaning into that sort of repetition of a work song a spiritual just this sort of heave ho kind of kinetic energy repeating the general ideas oh it's so good and it doesn't like a couple of the songs before this it doesn't have to mean anything it doesn't have to be the deepest meaning but based on what we've read so far you know maybe it's ambiguous maybe it's a mashup of a lot of different ideas maybe it's not one you know this isn't from her to eternity the song like there isn't a strict narrative but there's just so much here that by the time we get to this ending and we're hearing all these things put together it does start to conjure something together that i really appreciate yeah, it's um, a feeling after a very weird parable where it's not really clear what it is you're supposed to take away from it. Um, but this repetition, I mean, Nick does a great job all the time of this, is repeating things but changing something very slightly. And the one piece that changes here is the crows are a mocking. And so yes. if we go back to that idea that the crows are, you know, the populace, the people he's trying to save, that, you know, not the people that put him up there, but just the general folks that he's supposedly keeping away from the blasphemous path but is surrendering up his arms so they have a place to perch um they're actually standing around jeering at him and you know they're they're not hanging out with him anymore even um they're just kind of mocking at this point and that's very sad but also very biblical it was it was the sort of thing you know people came and wept for jesus but it was also very in vogue at the time to mock people that were <laughs> crucified um and so i think that this is kind of a, a sad Jesus looking out at the world and, and wondering what it is he's actually strung up there for. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I mean, who, who knows? Like you said, it's it's so ambiguous that I just I just love that this song gets you thinking along those lines. That is, I mean, I this is perhaps the the one song um, that we've covered so far that I would not even dare put a stamp of. This is actually what he's talking about on. Um, cause I have no, no fucking clue. 
Yeah, I'm pretty opposed to that in general. I, I'm, I'm a fan of amb- ambiguity in um, a lot of different mediums, and I think that he'll he'll definitely do this again. He'll do this more and more. I like yeah. you know both versions of Cave. Definitely learned a lot. You know, looking even just trying to look into this. Um, and you know, I've heard this song a billion times, but looking at it on the page under this much scrutiny, it really does reveal more. And that's kind of what we aim to do when we talk about these songs. Like we, we just appreciate these songs so much and they're a lot of fun, but you know, we don't always stop and really think about stuff when we've heard it a billion times. And it's, it's really cool to, to be doing that and to provide this stellar service to you, the listener. That's right. And, uh, I just, I just hope you're all very grateful for the, the incredible, incredible public service that we were providing here. It's uh, truly phenomenal. Andrew and I are fantastic people. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that, Andrew. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I hate to toot my own uh, train horn, my whistle. <laughs> yes, we're very important and we provide a valuable service. Sean... <laughs> What should they listen to for next episode? Next episode, they should continue along the album track. Uh, on to the next track, which is Knockin' on Joe. Beautiful song. Beautiful, beautiful song. Listen to it. It's very long. Uh, I will make no claim as to where it, its ranking is amongst the longest songs uh, on the album so far. But I believe it's the longest song on this album. It's the longest it's the longest song on this album, for certain. There we go. So take the time, sit down, and uh, have a. I mean, I don't know yourself. that for sure, but. Well, I I think I do know that. I'm looking at song lengths right now, and I think I do know that for sure. Um, so maybe well, maybe who's brew to yourself up. <laughs> Sean, I, where I'm can they find? Pr- us? I'm pretty sure that I know what the length of the songs are at this point. But what I was going to say, they should brew themselves up a cup of Joe because it's so long and enjoy. Sean, it. where can they find us? As always, if you have access to the internet and a Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, or AOL account, uh, you can send us an email, todayslessonpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at todayslessonpod. You can even throw us some money if you feel so inclined and have a bunch of extra cash in your pocket at patreon.com slash today's lesson. Um, and, and as always, please, 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 wherever you're listening to podcasts, wherever you see this podcast uh, pop up in your feed every week, please do leave us a five-star rating, regardless of your true feelings. Just pop that five stars on there and, and go about your business. But uh, very much appreciated. And I don't say this every time, but please do tell your friends. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you have people in your life that love Nick Cave too, uh, people who have never heard of Nick Cave, uh, people who would actually be violently opposed to the music of Nick Cave, please tell them about the podcast and uh, get them to listen. Force them if you have to. But uh, I wanted to just throw that out there. We, uh, we would love to have your friends and family uh, engage with us as well. So whenever you have the chance, just... Tell them to sit down and take a listen. Absolutely. Tell a friend, uh, you know, contact us uh, through any of those mediums. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what we're doing oh so right and oh so very wrong. Sean. That's right. Andrew.
cave. Nick cave. And, and the, the bad, bad seeds. seeds. You know, uh, goodbye. Bye.